Dear listeners, Sairam, welcome to our series, Fleeting Moments, Lasting Memories. In this series, we bring you conversations with former students of Bhagwan's educational institutions. Shirdi Sai Baba said, and I quote, Let my person be at any distance, a thousand kilometers away from me. He will be drawn to Shirdi like a sparrow with a thread tied to its feet. Unquote. Today we share with you a conversation with one such sparrows who was far away, lost in the fun and pleasures of being a youngster, driven by bad company and unpleasant habits. But he was drawn to Bhagwan Baba and today he is not only a completely transformed person, but he is someone who has been the Lord's instrument to transform so many. And he is Brother Sonam Gamsal from Sikkim. a state in north east india he belongs to one of the very early batch of students to join bhagwan's college in the early 1980s immediately after baba unfurled the sri satyasai institute of higher learning he went on to his masters in arts here and later also his phd in fact he received his doctorate from bhagwan's divine hands during baba's 65th birthday celebrations Currently he works with UNICEF the government of Nepal and even recently the government of Bhutan on areas of archaeology culture and social development Most importantly Sonam is an amazingly gifted bhajan singer and composer and this gift from God has blessed him with innumerable opportunities of divine interaction and divine proximity In conversation with him is Team Radio Sai Special and this conversation was recorded in the studios of Radio Sai on September 2012 we now bring you the second part of this conversation wherein he shares with us the experiences which led him to realize the omniscience and omnipresence of bhagwan baba and many priceless lessons received from bhagwan during the process of his personal transformation during these days as a student in baba's university So one of the most wonderful things that I uh, experienced at that point of time was you know the first day we used to have this animated uh, brindavan session which later on it goes on even today as the tray brindavan session you know tray session yes so it began with the brindavan banglo session so in the vestibule inside the banglo we used to sit with him and near the inner window was placed his chair which was just a swivel chair and that served as his throne and used to sit on the throne in regal gate and then there used to be a beautiful small talam which he would play during the bhajan it used to be polished and well kept by the students there was an entire section of students who used to take care of the talam <laughs> polishing it keeping it ready for the lord to play and then there was an entire section of students who were just cleaning and washing his uh, handkerchief for mm-hmm. him and another section of students who would uh, vie with one another to maintain his tambulam box his pan box at that time he used to take he used to eat pan yes and it used to be just a small piece of the pan patta yes the little beetle leaf, leaf. Mm. and then a little bit of chunam that said it would turn his uh, lips so red and he looked so majestic and beautiful and then he would sit there and we used to have this brindavan bhajan session with him and during the bhajan he would play the talam and the announcement of the closure of the session would be 
when he would put place the talam on the arm of the chair and we would know that this is the last bhajan for today oh he used and to play continuously continuously he would play wow and sometimes so for one or two bhajans maybe he wouldn't play and the boy would feel very bad and you know forsaken and look at him and then swami would pick up the talam and play for him again so it used to be playing the talam for us one way another thing that i noticed at that point of time i started feeling that he is showing us physically how he maintains the rhythm of his cosmos of his creation and uh, he would just place it on the arm of the chair and we would know so the first time when he did that and i wanted to sing one more bhajan and i just felt that way he looked at me and said sing one more <laughs> he just made a gesture okay sing one more he just read your mind yeah and then i sang a, one more bhajan and i back in the hostel i thought that maybe this might have been a coincidence you know tomorrow if he does the same thing uh, still let me see what happens to my mind so the next day again we sat for bhajan i that day i said swami one more bhajan at the last when he had kept the talam on the arm and i wanted to sing one more bhajan i said swami i want to sing in my mind and he looked at me again and said sing wow and i sang and still i thought it was a coincidence Now, the third day i said let me today suggest a bhajan that i want to sing and let me see how he reacts to that so nandalala nandalala was the bhajan you know you know that bhajan yes first so i said swami nandalala i want to sing nandalala because in that bhajan at a particular place he would stop the whole rhythm and then again start mm-hmm. you know with his talam he would do that and whenever we didn't swami would tell us vehemently oh there you have to stop <laughs> because when you restart again when you recommence the the rhythm it's very powerful he used to tell us that so that day i said swami nandalala he looked at me and he whispered he articulated the words nandalala without oh pronouncing God. it loudly he said nandalala like that he did and i sang nandalala after that i said i will never in my life commit this mistake of you know testing him because i am nobody to test god three consecutive days three consecutive <laughs> days and uh, he relented so after that it was legion you know all my five years of my stay there it happened almost every day whenever not only with me i started exchanging notes with others i said did it happen to you everybody said rupak told me it happened to me it happened to everybody there and one of the beautiful things that i really experienced at that point of time when i was doing my graduation you know this rupak he had learned a bhajan bhajan bina sukh shanti nahi whenever we used to go home we used to collect bhajans from people learn bhajans and come back so that we could introduce them in brindavan and even composers would come to us and tell us that look i have composed this bhajan you people can sing it and once you sing it in his presence it becomes official yes so we used to go for bhajan hunting it was like treasure hunting because we were not composing bhajans at all we didn't have composers we we never composed bhajans there and uh, one of the occasions rupak sharma came back from his uh, vacation and he brought this bhajan and he sang it before swami and swami liked the bhajan again seemingly he liked the bhajan so much and he said you teach me this bhajan Hmm. and from that day onwards rupak had to follow swami wherever he went he had to keep singing the bhajan and swami would listen to the bhajan once swami went inside the cage he would feed the animals there the deer the rabbits and then even in that situation rupak had to keep singing the bhajan in front of him what a wonderful privilege it was 
and then it was 1979 summer course swami all of a sudden he sang the bhajan hari bhajan bina sukh shanti nahi after the discourse he came back to the bungalow and you know as usual as it happens today we used to precede him run before him and then reach the bungalow to receive him there so he came and got down from the car and said where is chinna rupak because there was a peda rupak also rupak changakuti this was rupak sharma the small one so swami said where is chinna rupak and then he said how did i sing today oh my god and rupak he was nonplussed he said swami so so beautiful swami said did i make any mistakes then the third sentence he uttered was something which was really mind boggling he said i am so grateful to you thank you so much oh my swami god swami said this to rupak sharma this was his way of teaching us how to be grateful in life how to have this sense of gratitude to a person who teaches you even a small just an a of a bhajan even though we know he is the source of everything the source of everything and he said that and he was teaching us that way so these are some of the small interactions that i can never forget and then maybe this would really uh, be a good sharing a good uh, thing to share with fellow devotees fellow, fellow pilgrims elsewhere so i thought that i should narrate this wonderful i mean it just shows uh, to what extent swami goes to teach us about how we should be humble in life exactly. how we should be grateful in life i remember when brother eskumar was narrating his experiences some time ago here in the studios he shared how when swami suggested to him if he can play the role of radha radha oh yes and the way swami told him yes he swami called him and swami almost requested him to see yes kumar i have written down this script there is this role of radha i know it's a lady role uh, i don't know if you would like to take part you can think about it there is no problem i give you time and he's saying no swami you tell me whatever you want I'll, no 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 it's not like that i know your your friends will make fun of you and it's not a role which you would really like but you know what if you take the role i can give you nice chances i can teach you how to sing i can teach you how to dance but you can think about it you know only if you think uh, you can do the role and you'll be happy doing the role i will suggest otherwise there is no problem i mean this is the way sami was yes requesting and you know how in this manner how he succeeded in molding each individual it's so difficult for people to understand is the relation between bhagwan and his students and his boys which is so special with regard to this drama radha krishna i was also so much associated with this beautiful experience what happened one night was swami was to come to the university campus auditorium for a rehearsal and he used to spend hours on end correcting our postures or our dialogue delivery or music and everything so at night i went to the auditorium because i was concerned how the about the placement of musical instruments inside the pit and yes. then where swami would sit and how he w- we would present it to swami There's so many rehearsals that so swami many rehearsals and we had to show two re- rehearsals to swami it was around 11 o'clock at night when i just entered the auditorium i saw a lone figure sitting in the middle of the stage on a closer look he was eskumar 
night 11 o'clock 11 o'clock at night in the middle of the stage he was simulating and he was guiding he was doing something there and I asked him as kumar what are you doing here he said i am trying to simulate aradha bhakti this is what he told me he said i am trying to garner some madhur bhakti in me so that tomorrow there shouldn't be any falsetto when i present myself to swami when i think about all these instances and the opportunities that bhagwan gave any of the students be it through dramas be it through chances during sports meet you always see that these are only some mediums which exactly. swami used to give us that chance of interaction and characters the drama per se was not all that important what Never. each person went through exactly that was kind of a nice opportunity for interaction and swami's way to mold exactly the character and the power of bhava through that drama it was a great eye opener for most of us you know there were some very good uh, cine artists from madras who had come here and swami would bring them to the rehearsal and then they suggested that swami this is a female role we would be so privileged to lend our voice and the whole drama could be dubbed so can we record in our voice because radha should speak in a female voice swami said that is immaterial radha can speak in any voice mm-hmm. the bhava is important swami said and then when swami says that then who could challenge and who could say no radha was as kumar in his baritone voice you know as kumar has such a melodious and baritone voice even when he speaks though he tried to mellow it down but still it was a male voice mm-hmm. and then krishna was our shiva shankar sai yes shiva shankar sai and ultimately when the drama was staged nobody felt anything amiss nobody no soul in this world said that there was something lacking in the drama why did radha speak in a male voice nobody said that because everybody was so much caught in the feel of the drama because every character in the drama they got into the mold of the particular role that they were playing as i was telling you as kumar did that he was almost getting into the feel of radha none of these external you know things mattered it was a perfect drama as masterminded choreographed by bhagwan himself giving plenty of lessons to everyone especially the participants about love for the lord so much and then the ego squashing again you know it happened that i was given the opportunity to score the music background music for those songs written by him almost there were 14 songs so i thought that you know the scores were little bit becoming little bit elaborate and then sometimes you know you start thinking planning uh, beyond your own means you know we had the best veena player in durjati playing yes where we had uh, ravi teja ji playing flute but then beyond that we were imagining music beyond those and when he one day came for the rehearsal music rehearsal alone he listened to the music and he said such a wonderful thing he said in a cinema you can have elaborate music because then the camera can be trained on so many other things apart mm-hmm. from the actor but on a drama it's not like that in a drama the focus is on the actor and if the music is very elaborate what will the actor do 
He has no place, nothing else to do except stand there. So make the music very short because music is not important here. Music is only a medium to highlight the song. Yes. You know, but the sense of possessiveness that I have composed is so terrible because it was happening to me at the point of time. Despite his telling, I refused. Despite so many of my friends telling me that I think we have to change the whole thing and curtail the whole music, in all my egoistic vehemently, I said no. We will just leave it like that and let Swami tell us once again if he really means it. Can you imagine that audacity? <laughs> you are very positive about it. Very positive about that composition. I have composed. The next day, Swami came for rehearsal. He listened to the same music and then from that day onwards, he stopped talking to me. Till that time, with regard to music for that drama, you know, every time it is, you know, in a particular time frame, in a particular uh, frame of events, uh, Swami talks to you. Then for that event, Swami was talking to me, Swami was telling me everything, giving me instructions for the music. He started talking to somebody else. Somebody who was senior to me. And then when that started happening, he was looking through me, walking through me like I didn't exist at all. It punctured my ego to such an extent that I was squashed totally. Then one of those days, he gave us an interview. And then I was allowed to sit in the interview, but I could be just one of the walls there. You know, inanimate object sitting there. And it didn't matter to him. And when Swami wants to ignore you, he doesn't pretend to ignore you. You just, <laughs> just don't exist there. You know, he, because he doesn't uh, pretend at all. And when that was happening, I was sitting right in the front at his lotus feet and I was pressing his feet also. But he, I didn't exist at all. He allowed all that. But he, he was not looking at me, not talking to me. And all of a sudden, we were uh, nine of us that day. Then he created that bundi and he gave us a sweet, a sweet. And then that some other time I would really uh, like to share that experience of that bundi thing. Really, it, it's mind-boggling. But after that, when I looked at him and I was still not eating, and then he said, what happened to you? Then I just blurted out and said, Swami, please forgive me. Swami said, what happened to him? It's a moment of joy. Are you not happy with me? Sitting at my feet, in my presence, you are not happy? I said, Swami, how can I be happy when I am so stupid? I did this. Swami, you know that. I did this music. Swami looked at me. Ida, itna ego kai ko karta hai? He said, very casually. <laughs> I said, Swami, ego ho jata hai. Kya karo, Swami? Swami said, ego nahi karna. Swami ko think karo. Swami ko arpan karo. Ego nahi karna. Offer to Swami. Don't. Offer it to Swami. Think of Swami. Don't be egoistic. And Swami said, don't worry. Then he patted me on my head and I was forgiven. But it taught me a wealth of a lesson. How he is the person who, who does everything. Be- because before that what he had done was he came to the, to the rehearsal. He completely demolished whatever we had done. He said, the first part of the, the Pallavi of the composition, you play it on the Veena. Same thing you play it on the flute. That's the music, Swami said. And even at that point of time, I thought, how could the, could the music be like this? We are playing the same tune, once on the veena, once on the flute, and then that becomes the music. Swami, it won't sound good. I was still thinking, I was still qualifying him. And then right there in the interview room, when he forgave me, it melted me completely. And uh, it was a wonderful thing to learn in my life. And I maybe, if this is happening to a lot of my brothers and sisters elsewhere in this world, 
wherein we become too positive of whatever we do. We think we have done. If we thinking we have done it, and forgetting that he's there is a doer. And for us, it's so easy for us to understand who is the doer because he materialized himself in the flesh right in front of us, and he walked with us, and he still walks with us. So it's so easy for us. Wonderful, sir. Just this is the exactly the thing that we were reflecting upon. How he has used this occasion of the drama to teach us absolutely unforgettable lessons of life. Really. Now coming back to your bhajan singing, would you like to give us a few instances where Bhagwan corrected you or directed you about how this bhajan singing or this particular bhajan should be sung with respect to raga or with respect to tala or with respect to bhava? Because in this thirty years that you have spent, we know how Swami takes so much deep interest. Even though sometimes it seems as if he's not listening, he's sitting on the throne, he's closed his eyes, but he's all the time listening and he's all the time. Uh, giving directions about uh, this as you mentioned such an integral part of the sai movement and and he swami gave it, it its uh, primary place right from the time he declared his avatarood and and that has never changed so maybe if you can share with us a few instructions and uh, those uh, moments of interaction that you have received from bhagwan which taught you very precious lessons about bhajan singing wish you even when you were telling me just now about uh, the way swami would sit there and close his eyes and uh, looking very nonchalant seemingly but then all the time observing listening to the bhajan his participation in the bhajan if i could say that every time we had a bhajan session with him the way he would not only listen to the bhajan the, but he was an equal participant in that and that type of love for all of us to foster us in terms of music and bhajan i have seen this one day i think i shouldn't miss this opportunity to narrate this experience that day i was late for bhajan so i had to sit outside in the veranda in the portico and uh, bhajan started there used to be a wonderful bhajan singer sanjeev barpura one of our students i haven't heard too many bhajans in 10 beats You know that day what happened was when Swami was giving darshan outside, a six-beat bhajan was going on, and you know this uh, Ananda Sagara Murali Dharma bhajan was going on inside, and Swami was giving darshan on the lady's side. I was all the time uh, observing Swami very closely, and when he was walking, some ladies rushed to touch his feet by a stroke of bad luck. You know, one of the ladies had a long nail, so it pierced his lotus oh feet, my God. and uh, you know, it uh, tore upon the fle- uh, op- open oh the flesh, God. and some blood started oozing out. Now, the casualness and the the simplicity with which Swami just took two steps forward and two steps backward when this happened. i was observing him so closely and this i i can replay it in slow motion now you know when he just went forward she just rushed on his feet and then he took two steps backwards it was exactly in keeping with the beat in which the bhajan was going on in six beats two steps forward two steps backward and when i saw this because i had not observed swami from that stance so uh, closely i had never done that 
And when I saw this, it was mind-boggling. And the next bhajan that started was on 10 beat. After that, I have never heard a 10 beat bhajan being sung in in the mandir because people don't even keep rhythm. And the bhajan was so beautiful. So when this bhajan started, his entire pattern of walking was in 10 beats. Swami is walking. Yes. He was walking exactly on 10 beats. And he continued to walk in spite of being hurt. In spite of being hurt, he continued to walk. And I, th- I didn't even see blood oozing out, blood flowing after that. There was a wound definitely there because uh, there was a big hue and cry there. But then Swami slowly walked towards the man's side. And when he walked throughout the bhajan, he was keeping, even as he was walking, the gait was his walk. Every rhythm was on 10 beats. Not my imagination because the bhajan went on for almost 3 minutes, 4 minutes. And 4 minutes of this happening. And then after that, again, an 8-bit bhajan. So my experience at the, that day was that, Swami, you are Nada Brahman, definitely. You are the source of all the Nad, all the music, all the melody, all the rhythm. You are the source. I could feel it in my guts. I could feel it in my soul that day. It was a beautiful experience. I shared this with some of our bhajan singers also at that time. So that apart, uh, with bhajan, you know, those days Swami would come inside the bhajan hall a little bit early. Sometimes he would end the interview a little bit earlier whenever he wanted to spend at least half an hour, sometimes even one hour with us. He would just casually come and uh, he would just sit there on the pedestal on which the throne is kept, the throne is placed. Right on the pedestal he would sit and then keep talking to the students very casually. So on one of those days he was talking about Anahatnad. Anahat Nath. So Swami said, all this bhajan, all this music, that day he just started the whole conversation casually about apaswaram and apaswaram is, you know, when people not sing, in tune, not, not in, in tune, out of scale. Nada also has ahata and anahat nada, right? Anahat nada and ahat So Swami was ta- telling that all this that you are doing and all the music in this world, everything that is spoken or, you know, created, every noise in this world or every... Uh, note in this world emerges from the Anahat Nath. And then Swami just showed his fist and said, I am that Anahat Nath. I am the master, the lord of that Anahat Nath. And everything emerges from me. And then looked at very casually to one of the boys and said, I know you don't believe. <laughs> he said that. Then he said, that is why bhajan is very important, Swami said. He was all the time, you know, zeroing down, only focusing only on bhajan and why we should, what type of mindset we should have when we sit to sing bhajan. So Swami was telling, because of this, bhajan is so important. Because throughout the world, you hear only discordant notes today. Every note uttered, every note struck is but a reflection of that anahat nat. It's scooped out from that totality. And that is why when a discordant note is played or even an angry word is spoken somewhere, it has its impact on the whole cosmos. Negative energy. Negative energy. So it has a very indelible negative impact on everyone, on this whole biodiversity, this whole system. So the reason why you should sing bhajan, because bhajan is one thing wherein your thoughts, words and actions are coordinated together, consolidated together where you sing with your total devotion and feeling of surrender to God.
where you want to annihilate your external ego and you want to say that actually I am you, you are me. You want to say that I am I. For that feel you are singing bhajan. So imagine the the energy that exudes from you and goes out into the ether for the whole world, for the betterment of the whole world. Imagine what a service you are doing. So when you sing bhajan, you should have that mindset that it is a meditation in session, Swami said. And when you sing a bhajan, it's not only you singing bhajan, but you are facilitating the meditation and sadhana of innumerable people who are sitting out there to listen to that bhajan and merge in me. So you are helping them. So when you sing a bhajan, you should have this sense of purpose, this sense of responsibility, that not only you are doing meditation, but you are helping others to meditate. It's a wonderful exercise together. When a person meditates alone, he meditates only for himself. Sairam, you just heard an episode of our weekly series, Fleeting Moments, Lasting Memories, offering you reflections of former students of Bhagwan's educational institutions. Today's conversation was with Mr. Sonam Ganso, an alumnus of Sri Satya Sai Institute of Higher Learning. An extremely talented singer and composer, Mr. Sonam was one of the blessed students who joined Bhagwan's university in the early 1980s. In the second part of conversation, he told us how we realized the omniscience and omnipotence of Bhagwan Baba and also shared the priceless lessons which he learned from Bhagwan directly. This conversation was recorded in the studios of Radio Sai on the month of September 2012. In conversation with him was Team Radio Sai's Bishop Prishti. We hope you enjoyed this program. If you have any comments or suggestions about this program, you can always reach us at listener at radiosci.org. To listen to the next part of this conversation, tune in again at the same time, same day, next week. Thank you and Sai Ram from Prashanti Nilayam.